Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Comfort Free Conversations, and we're here to undo everything you think you know. Hello. Hey buddy, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Oh, not too shabby, just uh, I was actually just in the middle of ordering sandwiches. Um, right as you uh, as right as you were calling, and I was like, "Oh wait, it's not sandwich time anymore. It's come for free time." <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I've, I've been excited for a while. I've been um, as time has went along, I've been tuning into some of your other um, podcasts, and it's been some some good stuff. Well, thank you. I'm yeah, glad I was very. I... In... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no. I was just intrigued, like that you stepped down from the leaderboards. I thought that was a very interesting decision. Um, yeah, it's, it's it wasn't one that was uh, necessarily uh, received well, even in the in the in the Smith family household. Like, there's a lot of questions <laughs> about that. Um, but I just kind of I figured I got to kind of put you know, pardon the um, expression, but I kind of put my money where my mouth is. If I'm going to tell people that I want that creating content has to be achieved over you know over the leaderboards i figured one of the things that would need to be done is like go all right well i'll take a step away from the leaderboards a little bit and let let the content kind of speak for itself because my goal here is i want to i i want to start playing a longer game you know instead of the weekly you know like weekly competition is great because it's like a cool way to make money but for me like i think what i want to do is i want to build a real following on here and a real like place where I can go with my podcasts that like people want to come to. And so I got to focus on that side of it. And that's not going to, that doesn't necessarily not align with the leaderboard, but it doesn't necessarily align with it either. Cause my goal is separate from that. And also I got a lot of, you know, I get a lot of shit, you know, and I, ha- I, I, and I, I understand that any creator that has like a little bit of an extra outside following is gonna, mm-hmm. but for me, it's like, I don't want to be here. I'm not here to take money out of people's pockets that need the money. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and it's not that I wouldn't love the money, but I don't need the money. You know what I mean? And so better, like, just to take myself off there. So then, you know, I could help other people and I could do all those things, but I don't necessarily have to tie myself back to it. Because also, if I want to try, um, you know, if I want to try and do user growth strategies that may not be quite aligned with the rules, like we gave away, uh, we gave away money last time. Like that's not mm-hmm. something you could do with that stuff, but uh, it just felt like a nice way to do it. And uh, also, you know, just kind of help out. No, yeah, I definitely respected the decision. It was something that I personally appreciated, you know, as, and then it was something I was noticing too, you know, you were, you were like, I've used a lot of your advice to start to build a following myself, you know, like uh-huh. there are so many other ways to build the idea of this podcast other than marathons of hours so i really respected what you did stepping down i think it showed a lot of uh, uh character and it was something that i actually uh really admired so um thanks brother was very, yeah was, i think it's a yeah it's a it's a good it's a good choice and and you're and it's and it's potentially wise right because you're not in it for the short term like few weeks you know you're in it for the long haul and you're looking more for consistency which may benefit you more in the long run so um, exactly. i was like wow yeah exactly good good i'm glad somebody sees it <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> you're gonna have a talk with my wife after this and explain it to her <laughs> <laughs> no you're just putting your money no, where understands. your mouth is 
you can't you can't give you can't give people good advice and then like well oh so he's not taking the good advice no so i completely understand exactly that's exactly what yeah. it was and i think that's what exactly i think what i was seeing was was like i've given all these people advice and then i'm i'm still there checking the board don't get me wrong i love looking at a, anything with a ladder anything with yeah. like a, a rating system i'm all over that shit i love that kind of stuff and so i want to i want to check it every day and at the same time it's like no i did the same i do the same thing with the youtube and the the podcast <laughs> and all that stuff so it's just like ah oh, let it go let it go yeah yeah and and, it, and i i don't i'm not even on the leaderboards and i find myself doing it like who's moved up the ladder this week it's just yeah. like so it, it can become this kind of obsessive thing if you don't you know if you don't watch so so yeah i completely subscribe i understand Totally. Uh, yeah. Well, we got one message. You want to do that, and then we'll get into it. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's let's do it. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I don't think we're allowed to play it because it sounds like it is uh, copyright information. But Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I actually oh, recognize so, that. So, yeah. So we we today is a little bit today's about you a little bit. Right. I want to make it about you and talk about how we can, uh, you know, talk about structure and setting and how to t- kind of take that kind of obsession for perfection with uh, with your show and with your content and how we take that mm-hmm. and turn that into something. Um, you know whether it's a podcast or whatever but monetize that piece of it so i'm here i'm here for you 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 uh you you can take the lead i'll jump in as we need to but um i just want to hear where you're at where you're standing with stuff and uh and figure out ways that we can uh that i could support you right so i've been thinking about the branding of this for a while right and so um kind of like I was thinking like what is a way that I could really today like my debut is what I consider it to really appeal to my audience and reach out to them in a way that I'm not just bringing in people to support me I'm bringing in people who are actually interested in what I am offering and so I've come up against a big dilemma which is why I've titled today obsession with perfection um I personally subscribe to the idea that uh People pursue truth for the wrong reasons, right? So, so the idea is that I have a problem with religion, and I mm-hmm. also have a huge problem with spirituality. And the okay. reason that I have a problem with both of those things is for this is the same thing. Okay. People's um, investment in religion and spirituality is normally for the pursuit of comfort, right? Okay. And so I have a problem with that because because I think comfort gets in our way in so many ways, which is why my name is is comfort free. Right. You know, like com- you, you have to discard your comfort when you want discipline. Right. You have to discard comfort when you want to uh, investigate something you like you've taken comfort in the fact that this is an idea that you've subscribed to all your life or that you're this type of person or that you're justified in and of yourself. And so. It's like in, in order to really get some progress going and, and like I'm kind of offering you this incentive like, hey, here's a comfort free environment. And it's like it's like a double on time. It's kind of like um, ironic because you're like, well, why would I want that? But like I'm offering it as an incentive like, hey, this can benefit you and your life in so many ways. If we can step into this arena, well, let's investigate some things um, 
in a professional, um, in an intellectual, uh, um, beneficial way, but in a comfort free way. Right. And to start to normalize that idea. So that's like, that was really the start of it. I I, I like that. Um, I actually, I was reading studies that specifically about certain animals and even human beings. And they say that if, uh, if an animal or, you know, a human being, actually, I think they think believe this too, lives in a state of constant, like, struggle like they're they're not comfortable they always are working a little bit but they become hardier they live longer Com- being comfort free actually means like being a stronger individual longer term somebody who's always a little bit hungry somebody who's all you know, an animal who's always got a struggle to keep going is generally going to have a longer lifespan and a healthier life than uh than a like a like a lizard living in luxury is going to live less less time than a li- lizard living in like co- with having a, a little bit of comfort problems that's really interesting. It reminds me of a similar thing with like like um, eagles, you know, like eagles, they have their beaks. And um, so ve- after a certain amount of time, their beak will straighten out. And so they'll do this like uh, painful thing where they begin to like pluck their beak and like like hurt it. But the, what they're trying to do, even though it causes them a lot of pain, they're trying to sharpen and recurve their beak so that they can continue to like, I like that prey too. out of the ground. I like that. I even like that phrase, recurve the beak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying. And I, I think that that's a, I think that's a good place to be. And I think that, um, that you, you're right that it has a double entendre because part of it is making somebody feel uncomfortable, putting them in a position, but also sometimes it's, it means talking about something and being put in an uncomfortable position yourself. So I like, I like the idea of it. And I like the concept of what you're saying a lot. How do you feel like you can put that into action in something where in a conversation? So we're having a conversation right now and it's, you know, this is not a com- this is a comfortable environment for me because we're talking about these pieces. But for for instance, like what would be, you know, your dream idea of like a concept for like a for an episode or a, a, a like a pilot for what you're doing? OK, here's a here's my starting example. So I had a podcast on here the other day and, and this isn't necessarily pertained to I'm going to say two things. This isn't pertained to the idea necessarily of comfort free itself, but more of my larger vision. I had a podcast the other day with um, uh, a business friend of my of a friend of mine's and they work in a leasing office and they're currently have goals to expand the NAACP down where we live, like because it's not active. And so we were just like starting this impromptu conversation. And so he's telling this story and and he talks about this this uh, these two kids and he gives and um, he gives this example of a kid named Demarius. And I believe the other kid's name was like uh kevin or john or something so there's two people they get in a fight and so he says they get in the fight and they're fighting and so they both get in trouble demarius gets suspended but chris doesn't and so his point is like well right off the bat chris learns that it's good to take risk right Mm -hmm. it's a good thing to take risk you should take risk you know it might cost you something it might be at a disservice to yourself potentially but if you continue to like over the long haul take that risk you can stand up for yourself and it's a good thing but on the flip side of that what demarius learns is that risk taking is a terrible idea (laughs) like you (laughs) you're suspended (laughs) you're out of school and you're like yeah i'm not taking risks so like i i shouldn't do it this isn't something that i should do this isn't something that I, i so so Kept John continues to go down his life and he keeps taking risks and he's learned to be comfortable with it. He's learned to make a name for himself. He's mm-hmm. learned to he's learned that he doesn't have to subscribe to everything. 
while Demarius is subjected to this experience where like his whole life now, one of um, the biggest thing that could be a commodity for him is something that's bad. And so he, it was a beautiful idea and it's not this, it's a comical story, but when you really look at the example he gives, it's extremely uncomfortable because what he's talking about is systemic oppression in America, right? How the American dream is, is, is created as this idea that's for everyone. If you take this risk, if you're willing to go on this travail and get to this dream country, if you already live in the country and you're willing to make a stake, you know, uh, you can achieve this American dream. But part of the big incentive to get there is risk. Mm-hmm. And so, so the podcast itself was titled The Risk Business. And so it's this really comfortable and uncomfortable idea. So we started there and then it goes deeper and he starts talking about these other things like, and he goes and gives an example using um, Dave Chappelle. And so he <laughs> talks about how Dave Chappelle entered the comedy business and no one gave him credit and he didn't get much for his shows and, and all this stuff and he was the best. And so he talks about these difficult decisions that he's making. And so at the end of the podcast, and we're getting all the way there, right? We, we stumble upon this idea, right, that integrity is valuable. Integrity <laughs> is a commodity, right? Right. So, and, 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 and so what he talks about is like the world typically sets the lines for you. And he makes this argument that lines are meant to be crossed. Okay. One, that's an uncomfortable experience. But two, like he's saying it's cross those lines, but you're crossing those lines in order for you to set those lines for yourself. Like ultimately you should define it. And so it was interesting to me because it created this, uh, opportunity in the n- word no, right? For me, when I think of a risk, I often think of taking a leap of faith and that taking that leap of faith is the risk, but it's a risk to say no. And it's also an opportunity. And we started talking about stocks and how, you know, not necessarily just the idea that if you say no to this stock and it plummets that you saved money, but also this idea that saying no could provide a larger opportunity for you in the future. Mm-hmm. And so we've gone around this whole long thing, this secular philosophical conversation about business but we've made a very critical argument and it's the argument that integrity this life decision is a very powerful thing it's a powerful tool right and and integrity per example is something that we often talk about spiritually right so what am i doing i'm rebranding and representing with the lens of philosophy right and representing ideas to the rest of the world that they are not normally open to right because there's two things. I want to re-educate, per example, like I'm from the church. Mm-hmm. I want to re-educate the church because we've, we've, defi- we've thrown out all of these words without defining them, right? So you talk about these one word like phrases such as grace or mercy and like there's not really much explanation like what is grace? You talk about, oh, the grace of God. Well, what is it? Right. And so we have these poorly understood ideas and concepts right and 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 the church has completely condemned the secular world from wanting to participate in it so the idea is essentially like you have you have these religiously obsessed people right who have these interesting ideas but the rest of society is condemned to pursue them so they they because they're not religiously obsessed because they don't want to spend their whole day studying the bible because they live secular lives then they don't get to have access to the information right essentially so but that's like when you look at my faith 
right? That's not what Jesus was about. You know, you, you hear people talk about Jesus talks to the sinners. Jesus hung around them. He, he, that's who he was primarily around. And one, and then and this last idea, and I'm going to shut up after this for a little while. Um, <laughs> but, but Jesus talked about these parables. And in the 21st century context, when you look at us looking at the Bible, we look at the parables that he spoke as scripture. Right. But when you think about in the day and time that he lived and he was saying them, they weren't scripture. No. They were just they were just ideas and examples for people to relate to in the context that they can understand. Right. Right. They're so stories. one they're, they're, they're literally parables. They're literally exactly what they are. They're not they're not the word of God. They're just they're stories the same way that uh, the leopard that gets their spot is story. Exactly. And so the idea is that I want to be like that. I want to represent ideas in an in an intriguing, in a critical way for people who may not realize that their comp their comfort is getting in the way of, of opportunity and growth and peace and more enjoyment out of their life. Comfort is getting in the way of that. So I want to represent these ideas that the church has sullied and destroyed and offer them to the common person. So I'm going to use philosophy as a realm to investigate things like that and just have casual, comfortable conversation with people so that they don't have to feel condemned for maybe possibly being interested in investigating like truth and different ideas, but not necessarily wanting to subscribe to them. That's one right. side of it. And I on like the other side of that is simply just kind of a rebuke to the church and a re-education to the church about that they've misrepresented ideas that um, and 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 done a disservice to the rest of the world. Damn. All right. Well, I, I love this. And I want to I do want to ask you a couple questions about it, too. Um, first of all, I mean, I just love to get what when you define I just actually like to do that just while we're here, like define grace for me. OK, for example. And so so grace, as we subscribe to it, is supposed to be favor. Right. And mm -hmm. favor is is like this benefit to you. But the, 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 the difference between grace and favor is that favor is not deserved. Right. So when, for example, when you're talking about sin theology and stuff like that, you have like, oh, my God, you're a sinner. So you don't deserve love. That's the real if you think about sin, that's the real reason people are offended when you accuse them of that. When you say it, it's like you're accusing them that they don't deserve or they're, they, they shouldn't have these luxuries of life. Right. right. And so when you think about grace, you're representing this idea that maybe you don't deserve it. Maybe none of us really deserve it, but that's not a problem because it's given freely, even though we don't deserve it. Right. So then you don't have to obsess about what, you know, and that's why we come to this conclusion of obsession with perfection. You don't have to obsess about being God himself. That's not your goal. Your goal right. is to be human and live a genuine experience yeah. and be a, a better version of yourself, but you don't have to worry about getting everything perfect because right. you don't have to earn my love. It's by, by nature, it's not earned. It's grace. Right. Right. So maybe you mess up and you don't get the consequence that you deserve, or maybe you mess up and you get this opportunity that you didn't deserve in the first place. Right. So, you know, you know, things like that, we could have a conversation about that and we could see how that applies to your life. And maybe that destigmatizes all many other topics. Right. Maybe it destigmatizes uh, prayer. Maybe you don't have to feel condemned. Like maybe like you're just going to have a con casual conversation with God and don't have to worry that like 
you don't have to cut off your feet just to come to, you know, before right. his feet, you know. Right. You don't have to give yourself a hundred lashes. You're not, you're not, um, you're not immediately awful and coming, coming over doesn't immediately can, you know, you don't have to deal with that, that the rebuke of actually showing up for the first time, you know, and feel bad about it. Right. Ex- um, exactly. Well, so, and then with, what this kind of leads me to, um, and that's a be- beautiful ex- uh, explanation of that. Um, what I, what I'm curious about is, and as we build it, and this is just a question for more for, as we establish and as we develop, develop this kind of show, cause I'm looking at this from the per- per- perspective of how to best represent it and kind of look at audience. So I'm going to take a little bit of a business clinic into it. Do you think okay. that this particular perspective limits your ability with um, existing people who would kind of recognize themselves as Christian or spiritual? Do you think that there will be a strong pushback from that community and you'd have to appeal more to secular, secular listeners? Or do you think that this will be something that would be interesting across the board? Because in my mind, at least before we started having this conversation, it felt like, you know, that you, we could go to those communities very easily, but this is a very strong thing. And there's going to be a lot of, you know, like you said, it'll be uncomfortable conversations. Do you think there'd be a resistance from people already in the community that would, could potentially cause some, uh, some rough patches, so to speak, some, some struggle with growth? Um, yes and no. I think in a weird way that, that friction that you're talking about is part of the opportunity. And it's part of the reason I branded myself comfort free. Like I'm not making any party more vulnerable than the other. Like I'm right. not m- making the secular, I'm not going to allow the secular audience to take the brunt of the vulnerability without us as the Christian church taking the brunt of the uncomfortability as well. Right. Okay. So that's one thing. The other thing is that uh, controversial things are very uh, brandable. Like, you know, you can, <laughs> oh, yeah, you can <laughs> true. true. You can get a lot of people like involved and like, whoa, this is heated. It's and it's dramatic. Maybe so. Maybe you're not subscribing necessarily for the the genuine nature of the topics, but you're subscribing because, man, they're really getting into some hot heated things. So I think in a weird way that helps publish it is going to bring it attention. And mm-hmm. I personally, I trust the information and the genuine nature that I have. To, uh-huh. for them to come and challenge me, right? I, I understand the depths of what it is and I can use what they often use to condemn, right? right? And so in my personal experience, this has worked well in my opportunities outside of this with secular audiences. They've really, I think, been drawn to the ideas that I bring and like, whoa, I've never thought of the world in this lens. And wow, I guess I didn't have to subscribe to it that way. I guess it was just presented to me poorly. And in that same sense, people who come from a religious background are like, wow, this has actually helped me have a more profound and genuine encounter with my faith or with not even with faith, like just these ideas that necessarily may improve your life. So I definitely think there might be a challenge and a pushback, like Uh absolutely. But um, but I think it, it could be beneficial and maybe maybe. But and then once again. My, my, I'm not trying to convince people of this. I'm not, this isn't an evangelistic channel, right? So right. I'm not trying to re-evangelize the Christian. I, you can disagree with me. That's the point. We can, we can talk about some things and maybe we come up to this conclusion of a definition and maybe you don't like it. My, mm-hmm. And that's fine. Maybe you understand what I'm saying, but you right. don't agree with that, even though, which is often, I think, something we do in America. We kind of 
conflate the idea that um, to understand someone means that you automatically have to agree with what they're saying. And right. to think that I can understand someone and disagree once again ties right back into this idea of comfort free environment. No, I love that. I mean, I, in my initial response, my initial thought is that, you know, the place that you're going to get the majority of the resistance is actually on the um, on the Christian side of it. But you're, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. If you open it up the right way. You know, that's where the that's where I think the comfort free kind of comes from for me is, you know, as somebody as a secular person myself, like as somebody, you know, who, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, is not tied to to religion, um, but doesn't mind, but enjoys talking and discussing about it. And especially in terms of philosophy is, you know, as somebody who wants kind of as a humanist, basically, who wants people to all to kind of figure out how to get along together. This these are conversations I would really enjoy having. And the, mm-hmm. the, and the challenges would be kind of challenging me against some of my, my beliefs or my, you know, where I come from. And, and I could see that it always feels like to me with this kind of stuff. And I'm, you know, obviously I'm putting my own little prejudices and biases on it is that it's, it's sometimes trickier for the people that are tied into the dogma too much who are not willing mm-hmm. to see it. And that's where I think the uncomfortability comes from. But also I feel like where the most growth can come from is like, finding somebody on both sides that you can have this discussion with at the same time who are willing to mm-hmm. agree to di- agree to disagree, but also have a really philosophical or strong conversation about it. Even if they come out exactly the same or, you know, that the, the, their mind opens and shifts just enough to recognize these perspectives, recognize these adjustments and maybe find some truth in it, find their own truth in it and be okay with that. And both sides be and everybody being able to come out, um, in a positive way from that. Cause I know I have even just mm-hmm. being in um, stereo for as long as I have, I've had, I've got, I've got, I've talked more about religion in the last 30 days than I probably have in the last 20 years. Um, <laughs> and, and that's okay with me. It's, it's actually helped me kind of readjust and remember perspectives and, you know, not, you know, I, not that I write stuff off uh, directly, but also just make sure I understand and, and, and kind of become more in tune with, with people that are, um, we're like-minded, but we might have one, you know, these slight, you know, these differences in like the, where, how we're guided, but not necessarily what we we're, what we're guided towards. And uh, I think right. that you have something that you can make quite interesting this way. Um, I guess, I guess the steps would just be like branding it. So it's clear, like calling it just comfort free might be tricky, but how do we adjust that mm-hmm. name and that title to make sure it's a part of this that still makes it kind of known what you're doing? And and knowing mm-hmm. that it's a safe space, mm-hmm. yeah, right. And, and and that makes sense. And I think you're right. And I'm trying to. So I'm in the process of maybe rebranding, but I don't. I think I I like the co- cohesiveness of everything that I put together. Yeah. So, I do too. but I'm also thinking like maybe to um, maybe either brand it better with the content. So maybe like people don't necessarily automatically understand why it's comfort free. But if I continue to introduce information in the right way, right, that maybe that will click. So for example, I took your advice and I was building a lot of other uh, things outside of just being on stereo all the time. Like let's focus on premium, dense, good content and try to build things in other ways. So the way that I did that was I went and so I started, I just started like little, you know, uh, picture like word posts, you know, the little word yeah. post that, that's very popular on Instagram. So, so I started, I introduced this idea of like, is like first philosophical conversation right off the bat. And this is the first time the audience gets to hear me like talk about it, but it's like, are the 
are is an opinion and a belief the same thing right and i just like open that to them and let them interact with that so they i created a poll and people a few people uh chimed in on that but later down the line i started defining these things so like i start talking about how a belief is 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 its goal is absolute truth it uh-huh. aims to answer truth from an objective lens right uh-huh. it aims to say this is what i believe about the world right right but an opinion aims at a more subjective truth. It's about what you personally think about, about the world, right? So, so I talk about it and I say, so I can have uh, an understanding of what I view the way that the world works. Like the world works this way. That's my belief. Right. But I can have an opinion about the way that world works, right? And that's an opinion. And so it's like you can have an opinion that's different from the belief that you subscribe to. Right. And because one is an objective truth that you didn't define. It's what you believe. You didn't define it, but it's what you believe. And you may not necessarily like that. You might not necessarily uh, uh, like that it's that way. Right. So, like, for example, I believe that the entire world is blue. Right. Okay, but I don't necessarily like the color blue. I think it should be a different color. Right. right. And so like so what, what am I aiming to do in this conversation? I'm introducing the idea that you don't have to take personal offense to something that someone believes because they believe it. And it, it's not necessarily directly tied to what their opinion is. Their opinion could align very well with their belief and their opinion could clash with their belief. And, it, and, and they have a very tough time learning to adapt to this thing because they realize that they didn't create this as truth, but they don't necessarily like it, you know, and it uh-huh. takes them a while to, to balance that out. And I don't think people really understand that we, we like mix those up like a lot. Hey, listen, I got to tell you right now, this is the most profound thing I've heard sober and not stoned in a very long time. And uh, <laughs> I, I, since, I sincerely mean that. Like I, you just gave me a perspective that I haven't had. So, uh, you know, if I could give you claps right now, I would give you tons of claps right now because that you just you just described something that I've had a hard time putting into words. Um, mm-hmm. And I re- so thank you. Like I've learned something from you today um, and learned a learned a learned a concept that uh, that I haven't been able to uh, enunciate before. So uh, nice. Thank you. So I want to thank sincerely. Thank you for that. Oh, no, thank you. First, like I first, I wouldn't be able to say it if you didn't offer me the opportunity. And um, that's something I really want to give you claps to. Like, I've enjoyed your content. You're a very genuine person, which I appreciate. Um, and, you know, you have this opportunity to offer to other people as someone who's a CEO or something of that nature and on a new platform and already verified and all of those things. And you're offering people who have the opportunity to bring genuine content, a platform who may not have had it. You know, I, huh. I would not be having 40, 44 viewers listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth right now without your help. So thank you for that, you know, in the same breath. Oh, yeah. Very welcome. But I, I, I really appreciate what you said. I mean, the concept of belief versus opinion in that mode helps me kind of think something because that's one of the things that I think we've lost um, over the past couple of years, especially with the polarization and political portions which do tie back mm-hmm. to spirituality and religion in their own ways in certain spots, but also just tie back into human nature really hardcore where, you know, you mm-hmm. might have somebody that believes something. So you assume their opinions on things are the same and to even right. have something where you can say, Hey, this is what I believe, but this is not what I want is, is something that I think it's lost in the dialogue a lot of the times. And to be able to 
include that as a part of the conversation and making sure that's clear from the from the jump in any of your you know what whatever these shows are and however they kind of get come to be is kind of like it would almost be like the first rule of fight club you know the first rule of, of this show is that what you believe and what what you think could mean two different things right Ex- and exactly okay. and that's, exactly and that's what opens that what that's what opens minds for dialogue is understanding that you know whether this is a fixture or not that there can be adjustments made within those places and you might not you might not move belief because belief is something that's kind of like you know it, belief or or fact or however you want to do it is going to probably be a pillar and so trying to shift somebody's beliefs may not happen but be able to understand somebody's opinion or even adjust or come to new opinions after the conversation is a completely attainable goal you know what i mean right mm-hmm yeah, and, so and awesome. yeah, exactly, exactly, and so you know, like, but it, and and what you're saying, it comes up in so many other places, right? So, like, when, like, for example, when you're looking at politics or social justice, right, and you have these people that have, like, like, uh, I think it's, I think it's everywhere. I think it's in in um, scholarly articles about social justice. I think it's all over the place where I say what I believe, and someone else whose lifestyle is they're offended because they think that I want to assert something about them and force them to accept something that's not necessarily true. And it doesn't have to implicate of what my opinion of them as a person or like who they are or what they enjoy to do. You know, it's my personal bubble. And I think uh, an opinion kind of inserts this idea that my goal is to enforce this on you. Right. You know, like you should subscribe to this too, right? 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 Like, and and and, I, and yeah, and it's really messy. It gets really really messy, and I think there's you know a lot of confusion within that. Um, the other thing that I'll say uh, uh, to that, um, and I think we can kind of have a, a, some good conversation around this, is like, um, and I think it also gets in the way of people's pursuit of truth, right? Mm-hmm. I think people pursue truth, and this is why I, it goes back to comfort, right? People pursue truth in this like in this lens that they want to find a truth that matches with the opinion that they have already. Right. Right. And that's not necessarily it doesn't make it true. It's just makes it more like closer to your opinion. The better way to do it is to once again, going back to comfort free is to step out of this lens of what your opinion is and try to have an understanding of the way the world may work outside of your opinion. And then start to develop things from there. So, you know, when people pursue the truth, they're like, oh, I don't like that. So that means it's not true. Right. And that's, it's a big danger. I know it's huge. And that's, and that's, that's, that's that, that thing. It's like, it's icky. It's uncomfortable. Like you said, and this is where that comfort free actually really lines up with it. Right. It's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not comfortable to, to have that opinion. It's not comfortable to recognize this thing. Um, I, a real easy example. Um, you know, as a as a as a guy who could pass very clear easily for white as a man, like it's uncomfortable for me to say and have to come to the conclusion, hey, I got I got legs up, even though I was raised poor, even though I was, you know, I came I came up from, you know, very little to where I am, it's real hard for me to recognize mm-hmm. that not everything I accomplished was just from my accomplishments, right? I, I went to college, I did all these things, right. but there were mm-hmm. other things along the way, whether I want to remember, realize them or recognize them or not, or even realize that they happened. Like, but because I'm a man, because I'm white passing, like that I could get that other people can't. 
And that's an uncomfortable thing. I don't want that to be the fact the, the, I don't want that to be true. My opinion is I, I hate mm-hmm. that it's true, but it is. And I just, it's an uncomfortable right. thing for me to confront. And, and it's an uncomfortable thing for a lot of people in my position to go, because it's like, well, I did it myself. I was poor. I lived in a, you know, I lived in a two, you know, a two bedroom mobile home when I was growing up and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have anything. And I got, you know, Christmas was, was jean jackets and we had powdered milk when I was in the sixth grade, you know, like those are all facts, but that doesn't change the fact that I had, you know, but those, those are part of a story that I used to build myself up with, not the reality of coming up uh, in a, at a certain time as a certain person, you know, that has a lot of luxuries. I'm a very talkative dude. I've been very, been able to be very sociable. Those things have tied to it, but they also lend back to being able to be comfortable in situations because of, you know, because of, of luxuries that are out of my control. And that's an uncomfortable right. conversation. And to admit it even to you right now, it's weird. Cause it, it's like, it feels like it downplays my success, but it's just an uncomfortable fact about life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think and I think and this is where the conversation comes full circle, because that ties right back into, you know, the story about the two kids going to school. Right. But more than that, like even for us, like I'm an African-American male, I'm still a male. Right. Right. So it it's uncomfortable for me and the difficult circumstances that my my race has caused me to face that I may have some uh, what is it privilege as a male, even mm-hmm. though. You know, I still have some hardships, right? I'm a male who who's who's had hard encounters as a black person, but that right. I may not subscribe to the same level of privilege as, let's say, a black female and being a black woman and the different things that those encounter. Like, no, I go through the same. And maybe maybe it's differentiated. But when you look across like for individual cases, like, OK, maybe my life was harder than a lot of other people's. That could be true. But when you look at the overall general spectrum, overall, I have some assistance as being a male. Right. You know, they talk about how uh, I heard on another podcast, they would talk about how, you know, how the black man was viewed as three fifths of a a man and and property. And he and he still gets to vote before the woman. Right. And the white woman, even, you know, and that's that's interesting to think about. And, you know, and so it's like. Okay, it, it creates all of these opportunities in ourselves to look at us differently and things that um, philosophically about who are you as a person? Are you are you really the person that you want to be or are you just defending yourself because it's uncomfortable to you to recognize not even necessarily social justice things, but personal things about yourself? Like like there are times where I'm inclined to be narcissistic or prideful and I don't mm-hmm. want to admit that that's not something I like. But it's something that's very necessary for my relationships with people, for my intimacy with other folks, for my presentation amongst people, because they're seeing this thing in me that um, is causing damage to a lot of areas in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a bizarre thing. And I, I think that there are a lot of these kind of conversations that we can have and you can have because you're, you know, you have such a grasp on the philosophy of this that like I can't. I'm listening to you and I'm like, I want to, I want to sit here and listen to you. I need you to tell me some of this stuff because I'm learning <laughs> so much from it. So like, this is, this, I mean, that's, and that's a sign of, I mean, truly that's a sign of a good show where you have somebody that has this knowledge that I could just sit here and I could listen to you talk about this stuff for hours, especially with somebody smarter than me about it, because uh, and I, I don't mean that as a shade to me. I mean that as like just a compliment to you. Like I, I just feel like 
there there's something there and there's something that you can focus on and 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 make it uh i don't know like i, I think there's just a, you just because of the conviction and the the amount of thoughtfulness you've already put to this type of uh this work so uh applause there um i want to do these do these couple questions and then i kind of want to dig in we got about 20 minutes left i want to dig in a little bit to um you know structure like how we structure this okay so we can make this a thing okay okay the grace of god may not take any effort from an individual and is all freely given however in order to get through the process of salvation there is uh, a uh, cooperation of you utilizing your will to follow the will of God in order to mm -hmm. receive salvation into the kingdom mm -hmm. of heaven. So, yeah, you're right. You could live a good life and everything through the grace of God and everything and have all the stuff you need. However, that does not mean you're going to make it into heaven because you didn't go through the process of salvation, which take your willfulness to go through your willfulness to repent so you can receive the forgiveness, your willfulness to want to be a part of God's family. And then he will bless you with the spirit and you will be, you will go through the process of salvation. Okay. I want to ask you about that in a second, but I do want to tell you a quick story because this always cracked me up when I was a kid. Um, okay. You know, <laughs> and it wasn't even when I was a kid. It was like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, my mom, sends me all these clippings and like like literally in the mail clippings uh because the pope the pope says hey if you even non-believers go to heaven like she goes as long as you're a good person on earth and you know it's not only christians or only catholic believers will go to heaven anybody who's really good and lives a good life and and lives the best life that they can is is eligible for heaven so she really so this is jason the atheist jason who's been living away from home for a long, long time with mom the mom the evangelical and the baptist and she's sending me all these things. she's not catholic either she's not catholic at all but she really mm -hmm. just wanted to let me know don't worry jason you're a heathen but you're a good heathen so <laughs> so you're still going to heaven and my response to that was like mom i love you so much and i'm really glad this makes you feel better but like this is the same as if Dumbledore came and said, I can go to heaven. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if I can go to Hogwarts or heaven. I believe I'm about the same amount. But I appreciate and respect how excited this made you. Right? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, we're going to Hogwarts. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, like you, you could tell me that, you know, you could tell me that Superman's taking me back to Krypton. It's it's all the same to me. I don't care who said it. I don't care what size their hat is. But it was just this thing that made her feel so safe that I, at the end of it, I was like, thank you, Mom, for all these weird things. I guess I'll hang them on my bulletin board. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hogwarts we're going to hogwarts but what do you think about that as far as grace goes is that like i mean it's a little bit of a side thing but i was i'm curious what you thought about what he said and i don't i don't disagree with anything that he said i think he said it very beautifully right and so there's a famous um i guess an apologist that i like his name is he, he can be a little crude sometimes but i think he has some profound things to say right like like he says, he gives this story about this woman who was in the Holocaust and she she like has this terrible life, like really hard. And she doesn't believe in God. And like, how could there be a God? And she has this life experience. And he says this really crude thing on your sponsor this way. He says, uh, 
the people think of the Bible as an instruction manual. First off, no, it's not. You have you've completely misunderstood the literature if you think it's simply just an instruction manual to get to heaven. And that's a whole nother conversation. But um, but um, he says to this woman, he says, uh, God's not going to force anyone who doesn't want his presence to eternally be in his presence because right. he gave us free will. Like, like, if, like he, and he gives this example of like uh, men who pursue the woman, right? And he says like, wait, ladies, let me ask you something. Um, if a man continues to pursue you and he keeps pursuing you and he keeps sending you love letters, he keeps sending you love letters and he really loves you. Do you want him to keep forcing himself in your presence? And the ladies all go, no, like if you love him, let him go. Right. And, right. and so I agree. So like, it has to be your choice. Like you're not, you're not supposed to abuse this thing because if I'm abusing it, it doesn't really mean I want you. Right. I just right. want the the grace that you have to offer me and i think right. many of us and especially even in the christian world that's all we want and we take advantage of it too right we don't aim for genuity we don't aim for authentic right we aim for pleasure comfort and commodity right and so and in that way yes i think he's right like you you're you're given grace not so that you can abuse it, but so that you don't have to have the angst as you try to become a better person to condemn yourself that you're not perfect. Right. If that makes sense. Right. So, so I, 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 yeah. So, so like here, let me, let me pay for all of the debt that you may ever have in your life. Let me pay for it so that you can just live your life, make mistakes, recover from them and not worry that you're going to go bankrupt. Um, morally. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Let's hear. Let's we got a couple more. Okay. Star Burns, man. You guys are amazing. Just got a um question for you. How do you how did you develop such a strong following and just just how did you you know develop that? Just curious on student always trying to learn new things. Well, I mean, what's interesting about it is I think that when you're developing a strong following with all this stuff, I think it's just doing as much as possible, like to build up and get people listening, you know, with stereo, I, my, my, my trick here is we try and talk about content the whole time. I try not to make this meta. Like I try not to have many conversations about stereo or what's going on on stereo or or, or those pieces, because I just want to talk to you guys about different pieces, and I think that some of it's interesting. So I try, I, I have lots of different talks, you know, like we're talking here about, um, specifically this is, a, is, this is about a, a point of view, but also it's about how do we develop this point of view into a podcast. So we're working on that. I'm gonna have a Star Wars talk later. I have a true crime talk with my wife. I, we talk, uh, you know, different things with different people. Because mostly I want to just see what, what people are interested in and what things I have an, uh, an aptitude to talk about. So that's that's one of them is like, I'll, I want to talk about as many things as I can so I can learn what I'm good at and what people respond to. Um, the other parts of it are like constantly putting stuff out, constantly like unabashedly putting everything out to my family and my friends and reminding them to go see stuff and, and being um, super like... Uh, unashamed of everything like i'm not ashamed to share all this stuff I, I don't feel like a salesperson i love telling people that i'm doing all this work and and uh that's two and three i mean to be honest i used to tell them it's like 
you know, a lot of uh, hard work, but the truth is there's a lot of luck in it too. I got to meet up with some really great people and um, I got to work with, uh, you know, when I, when I started doing podcasting, I met, uh, I met the guy who created Rick and Morty, Dan Harmon. And I said, I'm going to work with Dan Harmon. And I put it on my board and I worked really hard <laughs> and I lucked out and I was able to do it. There's, there's, you know, there's opportunity. And I want to say that it's all opportunity, but I, you know, I get to, I got, I got lucky. And then I met him and I met some other people and, and that allowed me to grow because they were helpful on one side of it and gave me just enough of a push. Um, and that's what I'm honestly, you know, comfort free and everybody who's talking, that's what I'm trying to do here. I, I don't think, I don't know if I can give everybody the biggest push in the whole wide world, but I'm here to have good conversations with interesting people to see if, you know, if, if that helps and that's going to help. And, you know, to be honest, it's not completely selfless. It's self-serving a little bit because the more people I help, the more opinions I that learn, the better, you know, my reputation is. And I feel good about it. But at the same time, it it's it, it it's a it's a symbiotic helping relationship. The more I can do for others, I truly believe this. I, I sincerely believe this. We're a small community of people, whether we're in audio or video or t- entertainment or marketing or whatever. And the, the goal for me is that everybody that I know and everybody that I work with can succeed. I don't look at it as competition. I look at it as uh, mutual teamwork. teamwork. The, the rising tide raises all boats. And, and I think that that's one of those things that I think can lead to success because you never know who's going to hit it big later. And as long as you're always cool with everybody and working with everybody in an authentic way to grow. Hey, I've had friends like I had a buddy who was like just I hired him as a tech support guy. And uh, he was just a, like a computer support, like he was a programmer and he had this little YouTube thing on the side. Um, and it turns out he was Cody Co's uh, uh, partner. And th- when they blew up, he blew up and he's like, now he's still my friend and I can call him every once in a while. And like, if I need something big to go out, but it was just like, it's, it's just that I never didn't believe in him. I never didn't give him a chance. And so I think that that's a big part of how you grow a following is also just being open to help as many people as possible, support as many people as possible, because you never know how they might be able to support you in the, a, a, on the other side. And yeah, I guess that's, that's really my good. only info. I don't, because the real truth is, I don't know. I just work real hard and try and be nice. <laughs> and I think that's gotten you pretty far well. Like, uh, uh, I've seen some of your other talks. They've been really, you've talked to some really intended people. I was very surprised to hear how entertaining, because um, I watched the podcast about, uh, Mormonism with uh, I uh-huh. think it's that that guy that the, Jewish the guy? Jew, yeah. right? That Jewish guy, and I was it was that was really interesting. Like it was perspectives that I never heard before, and I was uh, I was personally uh, intrigued by his Jew, like his like if he is Jewish, I don't know why his name is that, but if he is Jewish and how he was appealing to you, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm I'm intrigued, and so you know you create some really interesting situations that that end up as opportunity later when you when you least expect it. Well, totally. Um... You know, and it's what's kind of fun about it, because like it also allows you to stretch a little bit, like especially if you're open, like you're saying, if you're open to have a dialogue and you're willing to get into the things that are a little less comfortable, um, mm-hmm. it can be really interesting to see where you go. Like it's it's kind of an you know, I, I did a lot of comedy. I did. I, 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 I say this before. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely afraid of stand up. I think that people who do stand up are maniacs. It's incredibly challenging to me. Um, because it's like, it's a, it's a piece of you and you have to write all that stuff And I'm impressed by everybody who's able to do it. But I, I loved improv because improv is something that you do with somebody else and that you are always supported. And I, I like that a lot better. And on the other part of it, 
one of the things that they always tell you is if you're going to put a gun in a scene, shoot the gun, see what the repercussions mm. are. Don't make the whole thing about anticipating the action. And I look at a lot of mm -hmm. these conversations and a lot of the way people should pursue podcasts in the same way. Don't tease around a situation. If you can get right into the middle of it and see where you go. So I can have a conversation that's kind of uncomfortable about Mormonism. Cause I haven't been in the church in a long time with, with mm -hmm. a Jewish person who doesn't necessarily understand it and understand some of their stuff. And, and we can get into it a little bit more. Maybe we'll find the interesting as opposed to not having that conversation or walking around the polite parts of it and not really digging in. And that's the one thing that I will tell people, if you really want to have an interesting conversation, don't be afraid to stretch what your beliefs are and listen and talk about something that, that you might be a little, and ashamed is the wrong word, but maybe you've kept a little closer to your chest. It's, maybe because you feel like it reveals a little too much about you or maybe because you feel like it's a part of your life that you don't want to necessarily you haven't explored that exploration is what's going to make your conversation stronger and make uh make people more attentive yeah that's that's good so we have like five six minutes left and we yeah. only have two comments i'd feel really bad if i if i couldn't get through two comments before the end of this oh yeah uh, absolutely let's do it i grew up mormon and like total hardcore Mormon family, I got grounded for a week for drinking Coca-Cola. My mother wow. happened to, you know, come on me when I was drinking Coca-Cola, saw it, grounded me for a week. Years later, I reminded her of that fact, uh, basically while she was loading her bong. <laughs> 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 thank you for that comment thank you for that and also funny. just for the record the mormon church has come out within the last 10 years to clarify that coke is allowed that they are not they don't ban caffeine in coca-cola specifically but that has been a thing that was pervasive within the church for a long 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 time hey jason <laughs> this is the yoga guy just curious how would you personally handle online harassment or bullying or teasing not i'm not talking about um trash talking or beefing or roasting but you know like online threats and then folks who just don't like what you might be doing and then try to report you to um the authorities here at stereo or other social media platforms for that case um i'm asking because uh, I just noticed something like that actually happened to a popular content creator on here who has now been booted from the site, which I cannot believe actually has happened because uh, uh, I, I think I enjoyed th this person's content more than most other people here. This is your guy. Well, I don't know who that content creator is and why they got booted. Um, I know, that he, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, and if, especially if you enjoyed it, I think that people have to be careful about certain things like, you know, with, with any of this stuff, you know, I, I wouldn't handle, like, there's a certain, you know, if people are going to go after each other, let, people can go after each other, let, it needs to be a mutual thing. But in general, I think that, you know, people that are just attacking other people for the sake of, uh, you know, I don't know who this is or what this is all about, but like, if people are attacking each other over, um, just so they, they can, you know, basically, um, I, I forget what they, what clout chase, is that the phrase I'm trying to learn what the kids know to clout chase? 
Yeah, um, I think, I think yeah, that that's where a problem lies, right? If you have a real beef with somebody and you have a, a legitimate argument with somebody, I think that that's something you have to deal with offline. I think that all that stuff needs to be held and dealt with like as reasonable people. Um, you know, it's, it, and uh, I will say this, I don't think that this, this, this uh, particular platform boots anybody for a singular offense or even multiple offenses. I think it has to be a long time. So I, I don't know what the situation here was with whoever this is, but I would say, you know, maybe this person has to, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I would say when I'm dealing with harassment on my stuff, we don't tolerate it. We, we will block people. We will keep people off of our content on the other shows if they're if they're being really negative. And, you know, we deal my podcast network has um, a very strong LGBTQ influence trans. It's very trans friendly. It's very left leaning overall. Um, you know, uh, there's we have we have strong black content on there uh, from really like outspoken black creators. Um, we have you know, we have uh, three different shows about with drag queens on them that have nothing to do with drag race. And so we have to be very careful over there about what people say and what, you know, how people are speak to our creators, because we're not going to tolerate that kind of shit um, because these people's voices need to be out there. However, we also don't actively go out and try and get anybody canceled. Um, but we won't, we won't stand for that. We don't let people come in and leave, leave us bad comments. Um, we'll go back and um, make sure that they know that they're not welcome um, to do that. But I, I, I can't really speak to it otherwise, because for the most part, people are nice, like 99%. And when you have to deal with those individuals, you just, you know, we block them. We block them. Mm-hmm. How do you, what do you think? So, um, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's a, a simpler answer than to block them. I mean, I guess you could try to have a personal conversation with them on the side to wonder like if they're just spamming you or not. And if you can't come to some reasonable conclusion with them, I mean, there's nothing else you can do. Like, I think you just need to be wise and remove them from poisoning what you have going, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that you just don't want anybody poisoning your wealth. And I think one of the secrets is don't poison other people's wealth. If you're out there poisoning other people and and bring a negative to somebody else, you kind of get what you get, right? It's not karma, but it is definitely like you don't get it. I always believe this. I don't believe in karma, but I do believe in like you don't get to have a leg to stand on if you're doing the same thing. If you're pissing in somebody else's cereal, you can't be mad when yours got a little turd in it. Mm. <laughs> that's funny. That's a, that's, and that's a good way to look at it. Uh, well, guys, we're pretty much out of time. He's got another podcast at four. If you've enjoyed the content, uh, uh, click my page, follow. I'm trying to boost the social media for it. Uh, and follow my Instagram and Facebook, but particularly clap it up if you enjoy this. That'll get me the opportunity to uh, interact with other dynamic characters on here, such as himself, um, so that I can continue to have interesting conversations. So um, right. I don't want him to be late for his another uh, his next podcast. Dude, uh, I gotta go, but I enjoyed the hell out of this comfort free. You can hit me up anytime. I'd love to talk to you again. Okay, thanks. All See right, you, buddy. Man. See ya. Okay, that's the end of this episode. If you like this kind of content and or just want to support me and what I'm doing, you can go to the entire video at Stereo.com slash comfort underscore free. Or you can support me on my Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash comfort free conversations. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash comfort free conversations. Thanks and catch you next time.